and some people i think get caught up in uh, it, it's about me it's about me it's yes. about me yes it, it is about you but you're not the one that's making you necessarily it's the people that are following you right like you could be you you could have an angel voice and you could play like crazy like better than Jimi hendrix you could be the best but if you got that shit personality and that shit attitude you ain't gonna be nothing and nobody's gonna get behind anybody that's like that you are now tuning in to the roughnecks podcast with your host Cole Nixon. Much love. What's up, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you guys about Desert Fox Golf. I've recently partnered up with them, and they have some awesome products that you definitely want to check out. They have something called the Phone Caddy, which is the best phone holder in golf. It comes in many different colors. And they even have ones with funny sayings on it, like, I work to support my golf habit, and it takes a lot of balls to play like me. If you are like me and like to use a golf app while you're playing, then this is the thing for you, because it holds your phone in a convenient location right on the golf cart. They even have a cigar holder attachment for it. One of my favorite things is their drink aid tumblers. They have these awesome 17-ounce stainless tumblers with a screw-on lid to hold your favorite beverage while playing around the golf. They have different versions from the classic swing aid to nurse aid, hunting aid, fishing aid, and my personal favorite design, the Patriot Aid Tumbler. Head over to DesertFoxGolf.com and use the promo code ROUGHNECKS for 10% off your order. But let's get into today's guest. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. I want to give you guys a quick, quick, couple quick announcements. There we go. Before we dive into today's guest, uh, first off, sign up for the newsletter. I don't know if it'll be out before. Actually, it might be out the day of this episode that it drops, but uh, sign up for the newsletter. Super big announcement coming out. Also, check out social media. Uh, mainly Instagram is really the only thing that I use. Instagram at Roughnecks Podcast to stay up to date with some of the big things that are coming. There's a few, couple big announcements that are becoming within the next month or so that you definitely will not want to miss but joining me today is a guest who is finally making his reappearance mr alan carl welcome back man what's going on it's been uh heck we've been trying to figure this out for over a month now probably trying to get back get you back in here to record it's just one schedule doesn't work out the other schedule doesn't work out get nice days yeah (laughs) We're, we're here now yeah finally getting it in um but i like to kick off my episodes by allowing the guests to give a background you've already done that but i'm going to kind of for the people who don't know who you are if it's their first time hearing you uh just kind of tell us who alan carl is yeah um grew up in new jersey on a, a soybean farm and uh grew up listening to all kinds of music to tell you the truth uh my dad put me on a lot of um soul music like temptations and stuff uh, rarely did I ever listen to country music when I was growing up, which is kind of crazy that I'm in country music now. But, um, yeah, I listen to classic rock and temptations and stuff like that, uh, hunting fish and, uh, I, I just, just normal, normal farm kid. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, didn't really have much friends, didn't really go out as much. Um, but you know, that's just the way I lived and that's the way I was raised. And, uh, when I was 18 years old, I moved to Nashville, Tennessee and, Cut my teeth in Nashville for a little bit, and then from Nashville, I moved to Ohio and uh, built the 
I, I like to call it a mini empire, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, as far as it getting going and stuff like that, uh, been in Ohio for about nine, well, eight or nine years. And, um, yeah, I started out very small and just started building and building and building and never giving up and, um, kept persevering. And, and I think that's why I got where I am now. So was it a little nerve wracking being 18 and going to Nashville? Yeah. Yeah. Right out of high school, going to Nashville, uh, big old city. Um, you know, you have, you have Broadway and all, all kinds of Tom Fullery going down on there and not being 21, you know, you can't get into the bars yeah. and stuff like that at night. And, uh, so I, I did a lot of songwriter nights and, um, you know, had a little, little job, but you know, I worked on second Avenue, um, uh, and not in a bar, not in a saloon, not anywhere. I, I worked right on the sidewalk. I had my guitar case open and I, I played for tips and stuff, uh, to get by, um, and then I'd say I did that for about two or three years. And then from there, I worked at Big Time Boots and sold hats and stuff. But all the while, still playing music and still cutting my teeth and um, still doing the songwriter nights and stuff. And yeah, so that's what's I think a lot of people forget about, not even just in the music business sometimes, like with, you know, you're doing things just to get by until you get to that point to yeah. where you can just rely on what you love to do and what you want to do. It's so true. Um, you know, a lot of people in the music business, um, they start out, they have a nine to five job, but then they also do songwriter nights or, you know, they're doing, um, songwriting sessions and, uh, you know, but all the while they're doing nine to fives and, you know, the ultimate goal is to do what you love for a living. Yes. That's the ultimate goal. And that was always my goal. And just two years ago, I was able and blessed to be able to do that and walk away from my nine to five that I just hated to do. And every, every nine to five that I had, I was like, man, I always want to just do music. I just want to do music, but I got to pay my bills. I got to pay my bills. So as I started building and building and building as years went on, I got to a point where I had a great team behind me and, um, you know, we went full bore. We said, you know, uh, book these shows, book these shows every weekend, every weekend, every weekend. So, like, last year, dude, I, I was swamped. I mean, you want to talk about hitting the ground running. It was, there was no question. It was every weekend, and sometimes it was Tuesday through Sunday, yeah. you know, um, every night, every night. And don't get me wrong, I was I was pretty exhausted by the <laughs> end of the year. But at the same time, um, I made a lot of good strides and, um, and furthered my team behind you. I think that's important. And no matter what you do, that's one of the things that I've started to see the podcast itself, like from my example, grow a little bit more because I've brought other people in. But now they're not like in here doing episodes with me every week and stuff like that. But, you know, I have a guy that has his own segment on Fridays and then I have a guy that is the co-host of the drinking episodes that I do. So he's on all of those now. And it's just it's also just being able to bounce ideas off somebody Mm -hmm. and just, you know, have more brain power the better oh for sure i mean at the end of the day like it's your show yeah and but you can also have more input and having more input is very valuable like has that helped you in just like kind of songwriting too or is that just in in general yeah i mean i would say in general um you know when you're trying to build stuff and you're trying to create stuff um sometimes you get wrapped up in your own mind Mm -hmm. and you second guess yourself a lot yes and um you know when you have a team you can bounce ideas, like you said, bounce ideas off of each other um, and come up with some really, really cool creative things. Um, 
you know, say you have an idea and then one of your team members has another great idea. So you take a little bit of your portion and take a little bit of his portion and, you know, here and there and here and there. And you come up with this amazing product that people are like, wow, that's innovative. That's new. That's something that I've never seen before. And I don't know if you're going to touch on the Flanagan show or not like that. Okay. So I'll, I'll talk about that when you touch on it. But, um, but I just, that's an interlude as far as, uh, the creativity goes and I'll touch on that when you hit that, but yeah. We can just jump right into it because okay. you recently did a show at Flanagan's. What was the Saturday before Easter Sunday? Yeah. Um, you know, it, you were the headliner. Yep. You also had Preston, who's been on this podcast yep, as well. Preston Cooper. And then I forget the other name that you was there. Um, one or two? Yeah, it was Tim Oliver and Blake Tyler. Yes, yep. that's right. Yeah, but you did that, and we were trying to also kind of record during that that week that you were leading up to it, but. Yeah. Like you said, you did a lot of this planning, yes. you know, not necessarily yourself, but you did a lot of the, yes. the manpower behind it. Kind of take us through that, too, and all yeah, that work. Definitely. So the creative behind it, um, it was very stressful. Um, like I said, I have a great team. I got two guys um, on my team um, that are just so amazing and so down to earth and so creative with everything. Um, Jacob Lipperman and uh, Dwayne. Uh, we call him uncle D, uh, but he's, he's a, they're, they're, they're so just such good guys. Um, and they, they're so creative and, and I like that because I'm a creative guy myself. And, um, you know, th- this was a show that we've been putting together for two and a half months. So we got the go ahead from Flanagan's that we were going to do the show. We got the go ahead from Flanagan's, uh, shout out the country for hooking that up. Um, badass guy. And shout out to DJ Flanagan's for allowing us to have that show and David there. But anyway, going back to the creative side of it, like I said, we've been playing this for two and a half months. Um, a lot of stress, a lot of weight on your shoulders when you're trying to put together a show like that. So, you know, you're, you're coming up, you know, at first you're coming up with who's going to open the show, mm-hmm. right? You know, how, how is the show going to go? You know, what are we going to do in creative to where it's going to bring a new dimension to the show? Um, so these were a little bit of things that we were putting together as, as time went on. And a lot of my thinking was done with me just going to like laying down in my bed for the night to go to sleep. And I'm just, you know, sitting there and there's so much creativity going down in my head. I'm like, I'm like mapping it out in my head. I'm like, okay, I'm going to walk in like this. This is going to be set up like this. There's going to be smoke coming out like this. And these are all things that I typed up on a piece of paper so i had an itinerary for everybody so that they knew exactly what was going down so like you know me and Dwayne, we we came up with this barrel idea and you probably saw it in the video mm-hmm. it has alan and and Dwayne did a great job you know building this thing and uh i was i was right there with him at every step of the way bouncing ideas and stuff like that just to make it so good and he built this thing amazing and so the barrel it's a whiskey barrel on top of this box with caster rollers underneath of it and with a sign on the back of the barrel and we put a smoke machine inside the barrel so when the top was you know the top was on the smoke would barrel you know just kind of pour out pour underneath out of, yeah, yeah pour out of the barrel we had a spotlight on top of the on top of the lid and spotlight going right at the guitar that was hanging on so we put like a a guitar hanger on the post that was on the mm. back of the, it was like a street sign post, you know, yeah. and we put second Avenue on the, on the, on the post. 
So it was like, you know, a little bit of that flavor from Nashville, you know, where I cut my teeth and, I, you know, and this was the biggest headline show and this is my first headline show. And, um, and so, man, that all just came together. And then, and then the pre-show, um, shout out to all the VIP people who came early to, you know, see the acoustic set. It was amazing. Um, everything sounded great. Um, and that was another creative thing that we came up with. We set up an acoustic set in the middle of the dance floor at Flanagan's. So we said, everybody come at four o'clock that bought VIP mm -hmm. and you can enjoy an acoustic show. So we set it up, we put ropes around where we were playing and everybody just kind of like filed in and made like a half moon around the acoustic set, which was amazing. And then, you know, and then the show started after we, we I was done. Um, and then we, we planned it all out, like how I was going to walk in, how I was going to grab the guitar, how I was going to go to the stage, when I was going to start singing. And, and, you know, even in rehearsal, when I was with my band, like, you know, I'm telling these guys, like, this is how I want to walk in. This is when I want you guys to start playing, blah, 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 this, that, and the other. And it just worked out amazingly, flawless. And we even came up with, I was going through YouTube and looking up inspirational, motivational speeches mm -hmm. because I wanted a recording to play while I was walking in. So I threw this over to um, my social media guy, Jacob, and I said, hey, man, do you, would you be able to cut this right here and then play a wolf howling after it, it was done? And then uh, a TikTok of a, of a clock going click, clock, click, clock. So these are all creative things that I just came up with and I shot it over to uh, Dwayne and Jacob and they just did an amazing job. They're just, they're just so like, they're good with that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's very cool to have them on the team. But it takes that little bit of stress off of you too, yeah. because like you said, you get that self doubt where you're like, you come up with an idea and you're like, man, like I really like this, but then you're like, but is it that good of an idea? Like, right. Or is it even possible? Yeah. Like, can I do this? Right. And then like all of a sudden when you start bouncing things, and like I've bounced ideas off my guys and been like, you know, what do you guys think about this? And they're like, well, like this is good, but I think you should take it this yeah. And it's like, why didn't I think of that? Like it, right. sometimes they'll give you those ideas and you're like, that's that's even better. Yeah. But being able to having a great team, I think, is one of the biggest things. And no matter what industry you go into, yep. having a great team is huge. Yep. Um, but you know, uh, you said you, t you figured out a lot of stuff in bed, and I feel like that. I don't know why there's probably some science behind it. I'm not a big <laughs> science guy, but like I'm the same exact way yeah. where I'll lay down in bed and I usually have a pad of paper up yeah. by the bed because I'll sit there and I'll think of something or I'll put it on my phone and I write it down. Yep. And it's just like, cause I'm going to forget about it come morning exactly. when I fall asleep. But like some of my best ideas for the podcast or for everything, anything that I do mm -hmm. is come from when I'm laying in bed. Yeah. I don't know if it's like the piece of it to where your mind can just kind of, go where it wants to go and, and you don't it, have i feel like it's closed down a little bit yeah yeah i don't know it's it's weird that laying in bed sometimes sometimes maybe if you need an idea just go lay in bed <laughs> yeah i mean seriously if you're a creative person i'm i'm sure a lot of people have that same mm -hmm. you know situation where they're just laying in bed and they get all these creative ideas is the acoustic thing before the show is that like i don't know if i've ever that i can recall seeing that is that somewhat normal or is that something that you guys just came up with that was just something that that we came up with um i really wanted to do an acoustic show as far as like you know three new songs that nobody's ever heard yeah. before i was just down in nashville recording um seven unreleased songs 
one that just came out which is darker side of me mm-hmm. and then the next one that's going to come out um but yeah i just wanted to like throw down three unreleased songs for these vip uh guests that came in and give them a little taste of what i've been working on and and just show them that you know i care about those people because you know they came early you know they're paying the money to come mm-hmm. early and uh making making that that um you know that those steps to come and and uh i just I just wanted to do that for him. And, uh, and there was a lot of different other perks that came with that VIP package. You know, you got a t-shirt, you got a koozie, you got a, a drink voucher, you know, these are all different creative things that we came up with to really make those VIP people feel special. Yeah. And that's what I really wanted to do for them. So, well, it's like, you know, a lot of people have done the meet and greets and stuff and they, that's why they do it is because of the, the perks that come with it. People are willing to pay the extra money if they get and it, it, it they like the rewards we like rewards yep. in our like that's just how we are our minds work yeah. we like like if we're going to spend extra money we want to get something out of it that's exactly right so having those uh, the acoustic show is cool the t-shirt's a great idea that's one of the things that of course i don't even know if i can say because uh, i i hope it's out by then but uh it's one of the things that's going to be coming with the thing that i'm going to be announcing here soon sure. but you know i was wanted to make sure like and that's going to be known like when you sign up that's already like you're getting a t-shirt when you yeah. sign up for this so and like th- people love free shit like, yeah. they love and free that's shit. that's that's what i you know i love free shit everybody loves yeah. free shit right so like you know with with that package it was like it was a no-brainer you know we we really wanted people to feel special and that's that's at the end of the day um you know that that's my goal mm-hmm. even on stage i just want people to feel special and feel like they're a part of the show yeah and i think that's why i really do well with entertaining people i, I mean not only that it's in my blood but but you know that i enjoy entertaining people yeah. that i enjoy seeing smiles on people's faces yeah. i think that's what really gets me going so oh yeah you and you definitely do a very because i've seen you in concert seen you live i saw you at the michael ray concert and mm-hmm. you do a very good job of like especially a lot of times because i went to Pecos and the rooftops yeah. concert too and like their opener I, he wasn't terrible wasn't bad but it was one of those that you're just kind of like towards the end you hear more people talking uh, and stuff during yours it's like <laughs> no everybody's getting ready like yeah. you're getting ready for the next thing that's about to happen right and, and and that's that's your job as an opener you know yeah that is your job you were supposed to get the crowd hyped up for the headliner mm-hmm. you know um and and that's what that was always my my goal you know uh, anytime that I open for somebody, it's always a goal of mine to put on the best show that I can put on, but also be like, you guys ready for, you know, the headline, yeah. blah, blah, you know what I mean? Like really amp it up and get these people fired up and, and, you know, when the headliner's happy, yep, I'm the, happy. The, and that could help you lead to more you opportunities, know, get opportunities yeah, in the future, for sure. which is definitely, you know, in that business. I feel well, in any business, the more you people, you know, the better, like more opportunities that you're going yeah, to have. No doubt. But you have that new song, uh, darkest side of me yeah. out now on all platforms. Yes. Definitely go listen to it. I really like it. You definitely gave me, which I know he's an inspiration of yours, the Brantley Gilbert yeah. vibes with it. Yeah. I love it. Where did the, you know, where did the idea for that song kind of come from? Well, um, it was just kind of, it was a song that I, I, I kind of really like, uh, I had a situation where, uh, and you don't have to dive too far into I it, won't, but, uh, there, there was a little situation where, you know, and if you listen to the song, you'll know where, where it's coming from and stuff. And, um, there was just a situation that I had heard of and there's a lot of domestic violence out there. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
you know, I just, it's, it's BS, you know, it's yeah, bullshit, it is. you know, and, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to really make a song to where it was like, you know what, you ain't bigger, you ain't mm-hmm. badder, you just a pussy, really, yeah. you know what I mean, and I'm about to show you, exactly. step to me and you'll see, you know what I mean, yeah. like, don't put your hands on a woman, you know, why don't, why don't you, you know, at, at the end of the day, that's it's almost what one it of those, is. like, you want to put hands on somebody, then I'm right here. Yeah, step up, you know yeah. what I mean, yeah. But one of the things about that song that, and this is completely different and off topic a little bit, but the laugh, like the little chuckle in it, where does that, I've never, I've never thought about this till I was listening to it on the way home from work one day. And I was like, you you did your little chuckle in it. I was like, where, how do you know when to put that? Is that like in the lyrics? Is that something you plan or does it just kind of happen? Yeah. It's just, uh, it's kind of like a, uh, you kind of go into a, a, a space in your mind when you're in the studio and i actually talked to my producer rory over at omni studios in nashville in downtown and uh or midtown i go now i'm gonna throw out an idea to you and let me know if you think it's okay i said hit play real quick so we started recording and i'm singing and then i i do the, the little laugh you know and he's like hmm do you think it's a little cheesy and i said i don't I don't think so. He's like, but I like it. He's like, just don't overdo it. Yeah. <laughs> don't overdo it. Don't make life. it seem like it's forced. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just like a, like you ain't shit, man. You know, but yeah. you're laughing about it. You know what I mean? So it worked out. And um, yeah, he, he pieced that song together so well, as well as all these other songs, man. That Omni Studios in Nashville and Rory, I mean, they're just amazing, dude amazing what are those experiences like being over there recording and that kind of stuff because you know i've heard different things where sometimes you're in the studio for like an hour and then most of the time i feel like you're in there for a lot longer kind of what's what are those experiences like so yeah um it's great uh i had session players come in um from nashville session players uh, association and um they came in which they were hired by the record um they're they're hired by the recording studio and um they came in and and i sent them i sent them like rough tracks of just me playing guitar and singing like off of my phone off of voice mm-hmm. memos and um the uh like the music director took those songs and wrote out all the tabs for them and he told his guys he was like this is how it's supposed to be played this is the tempo that we like that i think it would sound good in and i mean these guys do this stuff for a living yeah you know what i mean so um they're not shy about anything they just really dive in and really make it happen so um you know it i wasn't in there like i'm i don't want to boast or anything i'm not cocky at all you know that yeah. um but you know i am blessed with with a voice you know yeah. and to be able to just go in and a lot of producers are are like love working with me because we do like three or four takes and we're done with that song you know what i mean we don't have to go back we don't have to redo anything he doesn't even have to hardly touch my vocals at all um so, make their job a little bit easier of course and that's and, and then it also makes it fun yeah because now we can start being a little bit creative because we don't have to work on oh you gotta you gotta hit this note better you gotta you gotta be in pitch a little bit better you know it's it's not that much stress mm-hmm. so like with the producer he can just be like yo let's do this let's i think this would be cool here i think this would be cool here and we just bounce ideas off of each other just like all you know every creative yeah. session and uh so you know these session players go in I show up, I fly in from Columbus and I show up in Nashville and I walk into the recording studio 
and I see my music director there and uh, he's like, what's up, Al? You know, good to see you again. Blah, blah, blah. Cause I was in there, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a month early doing like three songs. Then I came back and did four more. So um, the second time I came in, he's like, yo, what's up? You know? And I'm like, uh, yeah, let's get it started. He's like, Oh no, we're already done. <laughs> he's like, we're already done laying down the tracks for these songs. Like, Holy shit. I said, that took you guys like what? two hours he's like yeah about that i was like holy shit four songs in two hours i was like wow that's quick so literally all we had to do was and uh so i walked in listened to the songs i said man these sound great can't wait to sing over them and so i came back the next day i went to my hotel and you know slept a little bit because i I hadn't slept the night before i think i had a show or something like that went to my hotel slept a little bit and uh Came back the next day and I laid down vocals and it was just like bing, bang, boom, and it was done. And the whole project was done. Damn. Yeah, it was crazy. So <laughs> it it literally took me in the studio maybe uh two hours, two hours for the session players and then two hours on vocals. And that was it. We were done. Wow. That's crazy to think that they, I mean obviously that they know what they're doing, they've done it a million times. Sure. But it's just yeah. crazy to think like you know, it also people also don't realize you got like a three to five minute song yeah. that takes, you know, two hours to record. <laughs> like it doesn't, it's not something that, and that's not on top of you coming up with the idea to fine tuning it, to making, right. you know, figuring out all the lyrics, figuring out how you want, like, there's just a lot of work that goes into, and it's the same, not the same scale. Mine's not nearly as long, but like for the podcast, like yeah. me writing a script, me editing, me getting it posted on social media, like there's a lot more that goes into yeah. it than, just the final product but that's the big thing is like people want things now and instant want it gratification. yes we live in such an instant gratification world it is Thanks insane social media. oh that social media is definitely you get on tiktok and you get you never see the same video twice you get on instagram you go refresh you'll find something new like it's just it's just scary to think about really but it's it's just it's so easy to get that instant gratification but in the grand scheme of things if you want something it takes a long time and just like being able to do the headliner you like you talked about you were singing out of like just on the street to yeah. start like that's just how it starts yes. you have to grow your way up yeah um you know it, it does start like that man and and a lot of these kids nowadays they don't want to work for what they mm-hmm. get you know they just want it now 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 but you ain't going to respect it and you're not going to, you're not going to hold it dear to you because, well, I didn't, I didn't work that hard for it. So it ain't worth shit to me. You know what I mean? And I think that's where a lot of, a lot of people get screwed up in this, in this world, because like we were talking about this younger generation, they're just wanting that instant gratification right away. Instant gratification. They don't want to work for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, when you, when you work for something, you know, as well as I do, as, as well as the listeners know, um, you work for something, you have pride in that, you know, and you busted your ass to get there. So like, I'm not going to lie to you, bro. I was on stage at Flanagan's and I was speaking from my heart to the people and I started tearing up. Like, I'm not shitting you. I was tearing up and I'm about to, I was about to break down. And I was like, man, I was like, you guys do not know how much this means to me because you guys, you guys know me now, but you didn't know me back then mm-hmm. when I was busting my ass on Nashville streets playing for tips. Yeah you know, walking home at three, 4 a.m. in the morning, you know, just, you know, and that was every night. That yeah. was every fucking night. Just to get yourself out there. Like it's weird. The young, it's kind of, it's really scary to think about where our generation is going 
Every, I mean, yes, things are getting easier with technology, but we still need those people that the blue collar. We really, yeah. <laughs> essentially, yeah. we need the blue collar people. And I feel like you're starting to see less and less people. Yep. It may, uh, it may not be the same in other states, but at least around here, you start to see it a lot more. Where people like my age and younger, you start to see a big decline. Yeah. And I'm only 24, but you know, my boss has always said me and our other guy who were 24, 25, and he's like, you guys are like the odd in your generation right, right. because most people don't want to be out here in the heat working a manual labor job sure and it's we we tried to hire a, a kid that was just out of high school for some yeah. summer help and he lasted i think two weeks Damn. <laughs> it, just like <clears throat> that was more of us being like no you're not cut out for this yeah. more of a headache <laughs> but like but you saw it in him he didn't want to be there like yeah. and, and it's just like no one wants to necessarily be out here in a 90 degree heat sweating their dick off carrying a 150 pound paver like we don't right. necessarily want to do it but we do love doing it yeah we, well, we don't love doing it we love the final product <laughs> when it comes to like patios and pools and stuff but it's it you get with the younger generation they need to start realizing and like you said like when you work for something you cherish it that much more oh, sure. i mean we all have memories probably of when we were like 10 12 whatever mowing the grass for mm. our grandma or whatever yeah. getting that 20 bucks and, going right. and buy, saving it up and going and buying whatever the hell it is you wanted to buy yeah. but like i still have stuff today that i bought and i think sierra's a couple times been like you know why do you still have this and i'm like because that was like one of the first things that i ever worked for and yeah. bought like i'm not getting rid of it yeah that's that's the way i'm in w uh with my harley mm -hmm. like you know i i paid for that bike and that that was from me busting my ass doing landscaping yep you know, going around and knocking on doors and mowing lawns and stuff like that. Like I worked for that, you know, and I was, I think 19 when I, when I bought that yeah. thing and I'm 29 now. So I've had it for 10 years, but, um, you know, it, it's just the, one of those things. And a lot of people have asked me like, why don't you sell the bike? Why don't you get a bagger? Why don't you, you know, I've had a bagger before. Like yeah. I've had, a, I had an electric glide and I, then I had my Springer as well. And now I just have my Springer, but um, it's just one of those things where, you know, you work your ass off for it and it, and it just means something to you and you almost feel like it has like its own personality, yeah. its own person, you know, it starts to become part of you. Right. Right. So you don't want to, it's hard to let go of those things. Some things you, you gotta let go, but that right there is a like prime example of something that you work your ass off for you get and you like, you cherish it so much more. Yeah. And <clears throat> I mean, there's difference when i used my dad's tools when i was younger like it was like whatever you know right. it didn't matter but then you use yours and you're like hey hey don't throw that yeah, like yeah. I, I, that was like ten dollars <laughs> you got grease on it you're wiping it off after yeah. you're done with it shining it all up but it's i mean it's true um i kind of want to go back to this plan is plan against thing i, I yeah. forgot uh thought of some other things too like so you said you planned it for two and a half months you said yeah how much of that was like how is handling i guess how is handling that stress of that because there is a lot that goes into it like how what what was the best way to handle some of that stress smoke weed every day. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> seriously man uh, man i tell you what um coming up with with all of the creative juice for that show and everything else, man, it, it takes it out of you. It really does. And you, you start getting like, like anxiety, you start getting like, um, stress and, and it's just like, man, you know, how can I just decompress? Yeah. And so I smoke weed 
for all the listeners yeah. out there, I have 420 tattooed on my hand <laughs> on a clock. Um, and, and that, you know, that's, that's one of my vices that, you know, allows me to just kind of melt into just forgetting about yeah. stuff and just, and just enjoying like where I am at life yeah. right then and there yeah, instead of stressing so much. Enjoying where you're at in life. That's one of the hardest things to do sometimes. Well, like, yeah. I mean, obviously, it was probably really easy to enjoy the moment when you're at Flanagan's. For sure. It's the process that sometimes we forget to, like, when I was planning some things for the, or when I was planning the volleyball tournament, I'll just go and say it because it should be out by then. But when I was planning, when, I, when I'm planning this volleyball tournament, there's times where I'd, like, literally get so worked up and I'd just be like, nothing's going right. But then I'd be like, I'm hosting a vault. Like, this is happening. Right. This, like, something big is actually happening. Yeah take a second and enjoy the win even though you're not there yet enjoy right. it keep working towards it because that win is coming you still have a lot of work to do to get that win the for sure win yeah. but right now you're in the lead so enjoy it exactly and that's that's kind of where i was you know um everybody says to me all the time you just need to stop you need to enjoy where you're at and that's very hard for me um a lot of people ask me about like my past and like you talk about like you asked me like a little bit about myself and stuff like that. Like I, it's hard for me because I'm always looking towards the future. I'm always looking towards my next move yeah. on like what I want to achieve and what I'm trying to succeed at. So like, dude, I literally like, I, I, I will literally forget about my past. Like I'll forget about yesterday. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's, that sucks for me because I, I, I don't remember like, really good times because i never lived in the time that it happened like i was there but i can't go back to that in my mind for some reason yeah and it's weird but i'm always looking either towards the future or what i need to do or what i need to get done and uh to get where i need to be and everybody says they just say you know you just need to calm down and you need to enjoy where you're at and i think the one thing that does it for me is going to my property in Kentucky and just, it has no cell service. You go out there, we got turkeys out there, got deer out there, you know, you just go out and you sit up on a hill, no cell service. And you just, you just look, man. And you're just like, it's, it's such a serenity in your mm -hmm. mind, dude, just to get away from the bullshit and get away from a lot of people that, uh, put stress on your life. You know what I mean? I know, I know everybody's like, you know, I got to get away from all these people that put stress on your life and bad energy and stuff like that. But like, sometimes, sometimes you need, sometimes it's hard to say, but like, sometimes you need that almost to, as a reminder. Yeah. Like, to, like, like fuck you. But like, I need to still keep doing this shit. Mm -hmm. Um, no matter the bad energy or anything like that, like, they always say like surround yourself with the best people and stuff. Um, sometimes that's not always possible no. because some people provide something that um, it's hard to like be like, well, fuck you get away from me. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so, you know, at the same time, but like, you know, that's why I like to go out to Kentucky and just chill out and go fish and, um, you know, really just relax my mind and relax my body. And I feel refreshed after like yeah. a week, like a week without looking at my phone without being on social media like it's dude, crazy what it'll do it's it's just peace man yeah it's it's crazy and i hate like i'm always like after the week of like decompressing i always just like 
I don't even want to look at my phone because yeah. I know I'm going to go back into that little fucking like that little ball of just stress and i just i hate going back to yeah. that you know what i mean i wish i could just live without my phone live without social media but with what i do it's just like you know um you know it is a tool you know so and i i, I gotta i catch myself a lot of times just like two hours goes by and i'm still looking at my phone mm-hmm. i'm like what the fuck are you doing dude yeah get off your phone yeah, I started using Do Not Disturb on mine because then, like, you'll get an email and then you'll be like, oh, I don't need to look at that. But Or you're, when you're laying in bed and you're like, but then you get on Instagram, then you get on TikTok, <laughs> then you get on Twitter. Like, you go through everything and you're like, what am I doing? Yeah. I've been sitting, uh, like, it's 12 o'clock now. I was l- trying to go to bed at 10 o'clock. Right, right, right. Like, it's really easy. But honestly, one of the, like, you know, just being outside and sometimes, <clears throat> like, when you go outside, don't take your phone with you. Because yeah. like you, like not everybody can just go out and not have the cell service like that's just that you don't have a choice there. Right. But like if you do have cell service outside, just leave your phone inside mm-hmm. and go outside for a half hour. Yeah. See what a difference it makes. I mean, there's times where I go outside and I'll forget you you completely forget about your phone. Yeah. And or like I'll uh, I'll even have music playing. Yeah. And then I forget where I even put my phone, and it's like right. I'm glad I did. Like I, that means I'm not solely relying on it for everything which i'm bad about it we all get caught in it oh sure but it's it's because it's such an easy trap to fall into mm-hmm. and but it, it's sometimes you need to go without your phone and i've gone and you know just as well as i do what hunting just going out in the tree stand yeah. and sitting there it's kind of the same thing like just being outside quiet yeah. peaceful it's just a like a relief yeah for sure how much uh, hunting are you able to get done with all this music stuff, though? Nothing. <laughs> Hardly any. Um, that's why uh, this uh, this past season, um, I went out for, like, I don't know, maybe three or four days. Yeah. But, like, in intervals, like, mm-hmm. one day I was able to go out, and then the next week, one day I was able to go out. So, like, I had a buck come by, and it wasn't anything huge you know what i mean it was i think it was a six point or something like that and it wasn't anything big but um i shot him because i'm like i I won't have another chance yeah at coming back out here because i'm so damn busy um i'd like to go turkey hunting but like i'm too busy to even go Mm -hmm. um and yeah so like when i find the time like even if a doe came by i'd shoot it because i need the meat and you know i won't have another chance to go out yeah i mean that's kind of almost to the point where i've gotten like usually i have a buck in mind and it's one that i want to get and but otherwise like not like the first days or whatever but mm-hmm. like after a month or so if yeah. i'm not getting out as much as i want to yep. when that doe walks in yep. you're you're gone like yeah. I, I want some meat in the freezer exactly. I, like i try to shoot at least one deer every year and people are like well what's the point of shooting like that deer meat disappears quick oh hell yeah like, when you when you have it you want to eat it so that like i've made uh i think like eight pounds of jerky now so like damn and after jerky like that stuff just when you're using it for jerky it's like you get a ziploc bag about that big damn. off of a pound and it's like well that was not as fun as i thought it was gonna be <laughs> but yeah. it's like the jerky's just too damn good <laughs> yeah for sure but um and it was the end of the rut for me so when, uh, when i was out so i was like yeah fuck it i'm gonna i'm gonna call this buck in i didn't even see him i was just kind of blind calling mm-hmm. and uh some people out there be like, "Boy, blind calling if you can't see him." 
Like, fuck off. Yeah, I'm if, trying to lure them in. If you can't man. see them, then they can't see you. And if they hear that, I've gone back and forth with people on that before. Like, when they hear that noise, they know what that means. They're so they're going to come look at it. Exactly. And I'll blind call all day. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I do, too. I do, like, I'll blind call, wait 15 minutes, blind call again, mm-hmm. wait 15 minutes, blind call again. Um, and I had this buck come in off of a doe bleat, um, a can bleat. Yeah. and uh, Those things are awesome. Oh, I love it. And it, and it echoes through the woods. Yeah. It's sweet. And I was I was also like pop grunting and stuff like that, and um, I guess he was just down on the back side of the hill, and I didn't think I was going to get anything because the the people that I was the the property that I was hunting on, um, they have dogs, they had these two dogs, mm-hmm. and these two dogs were chasing me while I was going to my stand. <laughs> they were coming up the hill with me, and I said, "Get your ass back to the house! Get your ass back to the house!" And I'm like talking to them like they know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> And I'm like, get out of here. And I'm kicking the leaves and stuff. And I'm like, I ain't going to see shit. Yeah. Well, sure shit. <laughs> Boom. I, I'm blind calling and blind calling and blind calling. And uh, sure, sure enough, this buck comes up. And I'm like, you know, Lord, if you want me to have him, let him walk where I need to shoot him. Sure mm-hmm. enough, he walked right there and laid a smack down on him. Well, and then, like, it, those are the times, too, like, where if you wouldn't have shot him, you'd be looking back going, damn it, that was stupid. Like, I should have <laughs> just shot. Right. I, I've had countless times of like does when i'm out during bow season i'm like eh, i'll let it go and then like later in the year when i haven't seen anything for the rest of the year i'm like why didn't i shoot that <laughs> right i took so sierra started hunting this year and i took her out a few times and one of her first experiences out was during it wasn't peak i think it was like pre-rut okay. and we're sitting there i'm in a stand i put her in my stand because i'm like you're gonna see the most here I'm going to be able to hunt a lot more. You can have the nice stand. I'll go sit in another stand across the property where I know there's deer as well, but mm-hmm. not one I want. And I told her, because she was like, are you going to be mad if I shoot like the buck you want? I'm like, I'm going to be mad if you don't shoot it. Like, right. somebody's got to shoot it. I yeah. don't care who it is. If he's walking in, like, <laughs> hit him. But she um, she was, like, texting. I saw a buck early in the morning, like, for, right at sunrise. Tried to call him in, and he just went chasing a couple does and just completely forgot about me. And then she was, like, texting me, and she's like, so there's a buck behind me. And I'm like, what? And then she's like, oh, it, there's two more in the field across from me, like, fighting. And I'm like, you are so lucky. She got to see a, uh, her first, like, one of her first times out, a buck chasing a doe, two bucks fighting and all this oh, stuff. Man. And I'm like, Perfect. what the hell? <laughs> But, like, then she, like, went quiet for, like, an hour. And I was, like, I really hope that means, like, she's getting ready to take the shot. Yeah. And she ended up texting me, and she's, like, he never came out. And because he, he tucked in the wood. That that tree stand, you can literally, you have, like, two lanes right here. And right in front of you is, like, just the tree that overhangs. But you have two good lanes here and mm-hmm. nothing in the woods. But they usually jump the fence into the field. But they didn't end up doing it for her. Damn. But. That sucks. What's up, everybody? I hope you're enjoying today's guest. A lot of people ask me how they can support the Roughnecks podcast. So I wanted to take a quick break to tell you the best way to support the podcast is to buy and wear merch. We have merch available on our website from hats, t-shirts, long sleeves, sweatshirts, and even coffee cups. There are even use sizes available for the kids. Head over to roughneckspodcast.com and make your purchase today. Thank you for all the support, but let's get back to today's guest.
what is what would you say is your overall goal with music? Uh, first one on the list: play the Grand Ole Opry. I really want to play that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been a goal of mine ever since I was in Nashville. Um, and honestly, I haven't even stepped foot into the Grand Ole Opry to even see a show, solely because when the first time I want to step into the Grand Ole Opry, I want to play it. That's um, actually a really cool. I really like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's that's one. Um, but another one would be um, selling out like mm-hmm. stadiums and arenas. I think that'd be badass. Um, or even playing an arena or a stadium. Like, say, I'll be on like an opening show, but just playing it and being on that big, giant stage in front of thousands would be just a bucket list check off for me. Yeah. I wanted to ask you too. What are your thoughts on Nashville? Like, people are almost some people in the country industry are almost starting to like, not necessarily avoid it but you know you're having less and less people i feel like go what are your thoughts on that uh like move to nashville yeah because like as far as like for music yeah because you have people i don't know if cody jenks is one of them but i think he's talked about it or something yeah um so this is my take on it um and a lot of nashville people are probably going to be like well i'm here whatever uh i live there okay (laughs) so i know um and i live in ohio now so i really know that you don't need nashville to make it and and Especially now they got TikTok out. Yeah. How many, like Bailey Zimmerman and uh, Nate Smith, and how many of these guys have made it off of TikTok? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they're playing arenas. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not taking anything away from those guys. I mean, they're they're great guys. They know how to write music, you know, great artists and stuff like that. Um, did they cut their teeth as hard as some other people? No. Um, but everybody's walk and everybody's journey is different. Mm-hmm. Um, does that mean that they have longevity in the music business? Who knows? You know, but do you need Nashville to succeed? No, you don't. For me, anyway, I, that's my opinion on the fact. Um, I, I, I just, I've been there. I've seen, I've seen people still there. Yeah. Still trying to do it. I mean, after 10 plus years, after 15 plus years, still going for it. Um, but I, I think that you need to take yourself out of Nashville. If you do live in Nashville and you've been there 10 years, 10 plus years, you need to take yourself out. You need to go to another state and you need to build your empire in another state. And you need to get that state behind you and then start spreading out like a spider. Yeah. And, you know, like water in a stream, just going wherever, you know, and, and creating that buzz and creating that audience. That's the way that I have been doing it and it's been working for me so that's my formula but some for some other people it might not be their formula and it might not work for them yeah like like you know everybody's life is different everybody's walk is different and um you know but that's my take i don't think you need nashville would it be cool to be signed yeah maybe you know maybe if the contract's right and stuff i was on american idol contracts weren't that good you know it just wasn't uh it wasn't in my favor and i saw them and i was just like nah there's a, there's a lot more negative than positive for this, so I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I can't get out of or have to spend a ton of money to get lawyers involved to get myself out of. Yeah. That's just not what I want to do, and that's the way with record labels, too. You know, um, you can be your own record label, really, mm-hmm. you know, anymore. I mean, you know, they got, uh, you know, uh, TuneCore you could put music out on. They got, uh, I think it's called uh, CD Baby you could put out music on, uh, SoundCloud, YouTube. Um, and, uh, and all of these platforms really distribute your music for you, yeah. uh, to iTunes, Spotify, Google play, stuff like that. So you're essentially your own record label, you know, and, and 
Because that's how you do it, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly how I do it. And I'm going to tell everybody straight up that does music, relationships are the biggest thing in this industry. Being kind and being a positive person that people want to be around and people enjoy to be around um, is very huge. Being a dick and being a prick is not going to get you anywhere in life. It really isn't. People are going to people are going to possibly give you the opportunity, but if you throw it back in their face, then they're going to be like, "Fuck you! We're not going to work yeah. with you anymore." So I've always been very, and, and that's this is coming from a guy who's busted his ass to get where he is um, off of good relationships with people. You know, I know Justin Moore's manager very well. You know, and that's just from me being who I am and being true to who I am and, um, and and showing people that, you know, yeah, I'm a country artist, but at the same time, I'm a, I'm a person, I'm a, I'm a good human being Mm -hmm. as well. And that goes a long way. Yeah. People want to be, they don't want to be around the person that's an asshole. Like, right. People get conceited, man. Yeah. Like that makes me like not want to be around you. Like I've had plenty of people and we've all had plenty of our people in our lives who aren't necessarily in our lives anymore because Mm -hmm. you had, I've had people before who I've had one experience with. They were a complete dickhead, and I'm like, I don't like that person. And I've had people like, he's a good guy, and I'm like, you know what? Like, I just didn't. Think, especially yeah. that first impression is very important. Very. And, and especially, I feel like if you're opening for somebody or like everybody you talk to, it's going and like fans. If you're a dickhead to your fans, like they're you're not the gonna, <laughs> you're not gonna have, be doing anything. No, like they're the ones making you, man. Yes. Like your fans are the ones making you who you are like Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for my fans and the people that really get behind what i do i wouldn't be shit and i have a song called um gonna know my name and it's it's coming out like later on this year and um you know one of the lines in the song is without y'all i'd be nothing and that's Mm -hmm. saying something you know what i mean like it's real man and without without fans without good people in your corner you ain't gonna be shit yeah well, it's just like if I didn't respond to people that sent me a DM or that, like I start to lose listeners on the pod. Like it's we kind of have a similar basis on like our fans are what make this role. Like That's that it. is the most important thing. And some people I think get caught up in uh, it, it's about me. It's about me. It's yes. about me. Yes, it is about you, but you're not the one that's making you necessarily. It's the people that are following you. Right. Like you could be. You, you could have an angel voice and you could play like crazy, like better than Jimi Hendrix. You could be the best. But if you got that shit personality and that shit attitude, you ain't going to be nothing. And nobody's going to get behind anybody that's like that. Well, that's just, I mean, I don't know how much it's going to affect him, but people um, are getting, you know, very upset with like Morgan Wallen right now mm-hmm. because he, I think it's two shows now that he's canceled. You want to talk about that? <laughs> I'm down for it. I think the listeners would love it. <laughs> I am curious because I, I mean, I don't know for sure, but Sierra said, did you hear what happened with the second Morgan Wallen concert? And I was like, no. And she's like, he canceled because I think he was too drunk to stand up is what she told me or what she saw. But I don't know if that's true or not or what happened. So I don't have the scoop on everything. Um, but coming from an artist's point of view, um, that could be true. That could be true. Um, but I will say, you know, a lot of people go to these shows and a lot of people think that it's just, oh, he's just on stage doing that. No. Nope. <laughs> this guy is in interviews. This guy is, is you know, doing all kinds of things for his, uh, you know, promotion. Uh, he's, like I said, doing interviews. He's doing 
uh, a lot of things during the day that he's talking, you know, and, and the voice box can only take so much. Mm -hmm. Plus he's singing and he's got a raspy voice the way it is. Uh, I don't know if he smokes or not, but, um, if he says he lost his voice, dude, I've been there, man. I've played my ass off. I've done show after show after show. And I'm going to tell you straight up, I have lost my voice, but I've yeah. Preston's talked about losing his voice and stuff. Yeah. too. It's a very common thing. It's a common thing. Um, and, and anybody saying any, and it's just me talking, um, uh, is my opinion. Anybody saying any, any like negative shit towards him. I'd like to see them in his shoes. Yeah. I would literally like to see them in his shoes. If he got drunk, he got drunk. You know what I mean? He, like, it is what it is and a lot of people wouldn't even like to be they think they'd love to be that lifestyle to the point where he can't even necessarily go walk around he can't even go to walmart he can't go anywhere he can't do anything without somebody being like without a hundred people being like oh my god it's morgan wall i gotta take a picture with him yeah like you can't go and have it's not a normal lifestyle at at that point it's and which there's pros and cons to that which you know it's cool to have everybody know who you are but it also sometimes when you want to be just the normal guy you can't you necessarily can. do it and that's why a lot of artists you'll see them at home all the time mm-hmm. you know um i mean that's just my take on it um you know how many shows has he done to where it's like you know yeah he's exhausted yeah he's 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 peaked with his voice and um you know it is what it is. I know there's some drugs out there that I get you going, but like, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, if he's not like that and he's not going to take that stuff, then he's, not, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, it's it's and, tough some, to do that. Excuse me for uh, cutting you off. No, but, um, somebody said in the comments when they were at his show, they said Saturday night he was drinking something and spitting it out. So that's what I think was like kind of like a voice like uh numb like i got numbing spray too okay um so maybe that was like kind of like a solution a liquid in that cup that kind of numbed his voice because he was starting to lose it mm-hmm. so with that being in mind you know yeah he probably lost his voice you know and then the next night you know he's putting his all into everything i'm surprised hardy hasn't lost his voice i don't know if hardy plays as much shows as melgren does but yeah and especially with his newer newer songs yeah. where he's doing the screaming, screaming. dude oh, yeah it was crazy to be listening to when I was first like heard some of his songs that came out, like the beginning of them. You're like, yeah, that's country vibe. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, what the hell just happened? Yeah. Now, let me ask you what you think about Hardy's new stuff. I like the rock side of it more than I like the beginning side of them. Yeah. A lot more. But I like... I don't, it's kind of, I feel like he's one of the few people that can kind of take a song and flip it like that, where mm-hmm. he can do both sides of it, but it's just like, because that not every artist can definitely do that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, my opinion on it, I like, I like it. Um, would I, do I religiously listen to it? No, I, I don't like, I don't know. I, I used to listen to Hardy, like when four by four came mm-hmm. out and like, you know, uh, I woke up with my booze and it's yeah. on it. So, like, I listen to a lot of that stuff, but, like, the newer stuff, there's, like, one or two songs off of the album that I really like, but majority is, like, eh, you know, it's okay. Um, what do you think? Sorry, I'm, like, kind of no, you're good. I like it. You. I, I like it. <laughs> it gives me a different twist. I'm used to just being the one that has to ask all the questions. Yeah. So, what do you think about the, uh, what was it, 36 song album that Morgan came out with? What's your take on that? That's his second one, isn't it? 
because his wasn't dangerous 36 wasn't it yeah i think, I think so. and i think zach bryan's doing like the same thing yeah what's your take on that i think it's too much i concur because like I see where they're going with it a little bit on the side of where, like, if you're you have Apple Music, at least I know, like, if you play a song and then it starts to play songs that are similar, right? You get more of your music out there, but I feel like a lot of them are lost because they don't get the attention that they necessarily deserve because of their fact that it's such a big album. You hit the nail on the head, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't. Why? Why do you think people are doing it? Um, I don't know. Um, uh, to me. I think it's you're like kind of like kicking yourself in the ass yeah. because you're throwing all your eggs in one basket and you're like, oh, you know, if I throw all these songs out, great. You know, I actually saw Brantley Gilbert on his page um, talking about his the, the five or six songs that he just came out with with the deluxe edition. Mm -hmm. um, and he said, you know, I, I really he's like, I know a lot of people are like putting out like, these big albums and stuff. And he's like, I'd love to do that. But I he's like, I really just want to like focus in on this these five or six songs so that people can really like connect with those because i feel like when you have so much out there people can't connect to just like solely one song you know or like when you have too much it's like you get lost in the sauce you know so brantley really hit it on the head and he's like you know i just want people to like enjoy the music that i'm putting out as far as like really connecting and really diving into like the lyrics that I wrote. Mm -hmm. He's like, that's what I really want people to gravitate towards. And I definitely agree with him. You know, it just, it's like, for me, that's why I'm putting out singles. It's like, mm -hmm. I want you to enjoy this song. I, I just want you to like, listen to this song over and over and enjoy mm -hmm. it and see where I'm coming from when I wrote it. Yeah. And I feel like too, if people are, they're putting out that many songs, are they putting that much into each one of them? Well, right. Exactly. You know, it's like, how many songwriters are on these songs? I know. Yeah, that's true. Um, what's the one song uh, on Morgan's song? 180 or something like that? One free, uh, uh, Lifestyle? That's the thing is I don't even know all the songs. Yeah. So you yeah. can't even... That, when he puts out a new... You almost keeps you from waiting or like wanting more too because yeah. you're like, I'm still trying to get through your last album. Dude. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so there, he's got this song called Lifestyle and it's like kind of like... Uh, a play on the the uh, rap song lifestyle, mm -hmm. um, and uh, so he's got that song, and me and my buddy looked it up, and there's like 15 writers on that song. Jeez, yeah, like it's a lot. What they do? Contribute one line, and they're like, "Yep, you're you're part of it." <laughs> yeah, here's your royalties, bud. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's like my take on like throwing out like so many big songs, like it's throwing out a huge album. It's like to me, I don't. I will never do it. Like I got a lot of songs, but I, you know, I put my all into just writing one song, and I want you to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> well. And it is an album in your future. Is that something? I mean, obviously, that's something every artist wants to do. But yeah. like, is that something in the near future? Or is that going to be a little bit more time? Yeah, it's going to be a little more time. Um, I'm actually going to go down to Nashville and write with some of my buddies. And um, my my buddy Bobby McLam, he's like, he hit me up, and he's like, um. We got to start writing because I want to. I want to get a song on your next album, Bobby. Shout out to Bobby McLan out there, um, Nashville guy, uh, badass songwriter, um, and uh, he's actually wrote "Feeling It Now" with me, okay. "God's Country" with me, um, and a few other ones with me. Um, great guy, but uh, but yeah. So maybe in the future, 
Maybe in the future, for sure. I mean, for sure in the future, yeah. I'll probably come out with like a 12-song album or something like that. I was going to... What is a typical amount of songs on an album? Usually 10 to 12. That's what I thought. And an EP is like 6 to 7. Yeah. Yeah. So what what would you say is like the difference? Why do people do EPs versus albums? You know, I think it's just... It's either just like, like Brantley said, you know, just wanting people to really like connect with the songs with, with you know, with just like an amount of songs like six or seven songs and really connecting with those songs um you know when you put out an album i don't know to me to me to me it's like it's great to put out an album because like you know you're 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 gonna get a lot of people connecting with some songs but like there's gonna be a lot of songs that are forgotten about you know and that's what i think is happening with morgan yeah he's got like his his three top songs that are just hitting you know and they're great yeah but then he's got he's got songs that are just like getting lost and it's like dude you put all this time and effort into writing these songs and you want people to be able to enjoy them exactly and and i mean i don't know and i i know uh who else what yeah zach bryan putting out another uh, 38 song album or something oh no that 36 is how big morgan wallen's new one is and his last one was Zach put out like thirty four, right? Oh, I guess, yeah. Uh, um, well, his that's weird. His last one like goes one to fifteen, and then goes one to fifteen again. So he, his last one was a thirty song album, and then let's see what Zach Bryan's was. And then Zach Bryan like released like another EP album, like another like five songs in the next like five weeks, and it's like, dude. Like I love your music, but you're you're given too much at once. Right, right. Um, you know, what, are you, what are your thoughts on? Are you a Zach Bryan fan or no? You know, um, I'm sure he's a great guy. Would love to meet him. Would love to sit down and write with him. But um, I, I just can't get get into it, man. I just, really? Yeah, I just, I just, you know, no hate on him or anything like that. But I, uh, I just feel like a lot of the songs sound the same, have the same yeah. vibe. Um, and I, I, I'm like. I like new stuff like if i'm if i'm listening to like if you listen to my songs every song is very different. different when i go to your music when i'm driving home from work or whatever it's like all right what mood am i in like yeah. you get a little bit of everything so yeah. it's like do i want you know blue collar and that that like yeah. rock side of things and the upbeat or do i want you know that little bit of slower stuff yeah which i like and is there a preference that you like to do um not really. I mean, anything that I'm really feeling. Um, when I when I get done writing a song, like me, Dwayne, and Jacob, my my team guys, um, we we sit down and we write a lot together. And we came up with this one song, and it, it's amazing, man. It really is. Um, and it, it's just one of those songs where you just get captivated by it. You just kind of like you get immersed in it. And and that I love those kind of songs where you can just sit there and you're just like damn i can see exactly where he's coming from i can see the vision that he was talking about um but also it makes you feel a type of way a lot of the songs that you know a lot of these artists are putting out are the same old bullshit that you're hearing on the radio it's like girls trucks beer party yep it's not like it's not like distinctive subjects that happen in day-to-day life you know yeah we all drink we all party but we're not doing that every day yeah you know what I mean? We're They're great for the like weekends. the weekends. Yeah. yeah. In the summertime, it's perfect. Yeah. These are perfect. Like but like, Brantley Gilbert said it the best, live it up for the weekend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. So like when I, when I write songs, 
like we'll go through my songs right now feeling now that was about a night out on nashville in on broadway me and the songwriters went out on broadway and we got fucked up <laughs> you know and then we had a song right the next day early and i walk in i'm like damn guys i said man i'm feeling it now and bobby goes that's what we're writing right there that's the song title <laughs> feeling it now <laughs> so either they i can't remember see see this is the thing i can't remember if it was like that's exactly how it went or like did i just go out on my own <laughs> like, I, and i came back to the song right the next day and i was like fuck i feel like shit um but um but yeah so they're like feeling it now and then god's country about you know how the world how our country was going at the time and how it still is going you know what i mean yeah. so um you know things things like that and then uh you know put on actually cool story about put on uh put on was held by two of my favorite artists out there jason aldean and brantley gilbert huh. that song was held by them for two months damn bobby mclam wrote that song with a couple other buddies of his in nashville so that that song was held by jason and brantley for two months then they dropped it because i guess their crew or their label was like we just don't think it's gonna hit like mm -hmm. this these other ones so bobby hit me up and he's like hey i'm gonna send you a song what do you think about it what do you think about cutting it he sent it to me and i said damn that's a banger dude mm -hmm. like i'd love to sing on it yeah so i bought the stems from it from the recordings and stuff and then i went into the studio and i recorded it and that's what you hear on itunes but and all the other music platforms but um you know i didn't write that song mm -hmm. you know but I, I could relate to that song yeah you know and, that, and that's what it was like it connected with me and that's why i was like yeah let me record it um and then you know uh pretty girl you know it's just it's about like finding the love of your life you know mm -hmm. what i mean um and then shit i blue collar yep. you know i'm talking about nine to five and i've been there i've done excavating i've done hvac like i've been there i've done that you know so i i know what it's like to have calloused hands i know what it's like you know to wake up in the morning and and work from sun up to sundown mm -hmm. and uh over time and and all this other stuff and um so I'm, I'm really writing songs about like what i've experienced in my life and stuff like that and i just feel like a lot of nashville artists and songwriters and stuff they get they get lost in that because they're surrounded by what they only know which mm -hmm. is nashville you know they're not going out and experiencing these things and writing from the heart of yeah. like experiences so that's what i like to do like if i'm ever coming up with like a song i just like to immerse myself in the subject that i'm singing about and do my research on it and maybe even put myself in that situation like per se like in my mind yeah. i'm not talking about physically yeah because <laughs> darkest side of me was not <laughs> me i don't think that's a situation you necessarily want to put yourself in <laughs> you don't even want to be around it necessarily. <laughs> it was more of a but but it was you know a situation that happened in somebody else's life mm -hmm. that i you know that happens a lot yeah you know in day-to-day -day life and that's what i wanted to write about um that's that's where i came up with that idea um and then i have another song coming out um the end of may which i'll show you after we're off of this it's a badass song man <laughs> and uh i don't want to throw out the song title yet but um but yeah we're working on that and the, the cover is going to be badass for that song and and just the vibe of that song is just like it's just like a you know it's just like mm -hmm. it's crazy dude 
So I, I, I hope that a lot of people enjoy that one. What's up, everybody? So we had a bit of a technical difficulty during this episode. I uh, got on here to record the other night and realized that the last half hour of this episode is missing. It's just completely blank. I do not know what happened. I'm sorry that we missed the last half hour of this episode, but trust me, it was a good one. And Alan will be another guest that we will have back on again. So don't worry. We'll get back into some of that stuff. But uh, you're going to hear it, you know, kind of cut out right there. And then it's going to go right into the end of the episode where it just started picking back up again. I have no idea why, but sorry for that. I'm sorry that for, for everybody that wanted to listen to that. But that's all we got for today's episode. So let's get into the end of it. Find me at Alan Carl Country on Instagram and Facebook. And then also go check out my website, AlanCarlCountry.com, where you see all of the new shows coming up. I got merch on there you guys can buy. Um, and all the new and innovative things that me and my team really want you guys to be connected with and captivated in. So be along for the ride, man. It's going to be a wild time. If you're in the area, definitely go check out one of his concerts. You will not be disappointed. Definitely check out that merch, too, because I have one of the hats. Those things are sweet. The logo is sweet. Love the logo. But until Friday, you guys know the deal. Life is hard, and it's going to knock you down just like a bull does to a bull rider. Don't let that bull of life walk all over you. Get up, grab the bull by the horns, and take control of your life. Roughnecks, out. Thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode of the Roughnecks Podcast. If you liked today's episode, then please be sure to share it with a friend. You can follow the Roughnecks Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Roughnecks Podcast. Head over to roughneckspodcast.com and grab yourself some Roughnecks merch. Until next time, make sure you grab the bull by the horns and take control of your life. Roughnecks, out.